Hey guys, what's up? My name's Ines. I write kissing books and today I'm having a bit of a breakdown because I think I side with the villain in Black Panther and it's killing me. Let me break it down for you. my quest to conquer Blake Snyder's five-part finale, I'm taking a closer look at the endings of Marvel films. Today is the first actual love story where the hero isn't required to be alone at the end of the film in order to go on a new journey. I went to school with Chadwick Boseman at Howard University. He was a theater major and he worked with my roommates who were film majors. I always feel a sense of bison pride and a little bit cheery when I watch this film. But you know who I could not take my eyes off in this film? Yeah, villain Killmonger. He has inspired me to do an episode on villains. But more on that later. First, let's break down Black Panther and focus on its five-part finale. Marvel's Black Panther, directed by Ryan Coogler, stands as a groundbreaking film in the superhero genre. It's distinguished not only for its captivating narrative, but also for its cultural significance. Released in 2018, the film introduced audiences to the majestic world of Wakanda, a fictional African nation, which a lot of people thought was real, <laughs> that juxtaposes traditional heritage with futuristic technology. At the heart of this narrative is T'Challa, portrayed by the late Chadwick Boseman, who ascends to the throne as the Black Panther following his father's death. Black Panther is more than a tale of heroism. It's a story rich in themes of duty, identity, and the responsibility of leaders to their people and the world. The film explores the complexities of T'Challa's role as king and superhero, delving into the challenges he faces in uniting his own nation while confronting global issues. Its cultural impact is profound found offering a powerful representation of African culture and African peoples the world over. The narrative of Black Panther is intricately woven, aligning with Blake Snyder's Save the Cat screenplay structure. This structure underscores the film's journey through various stages, from T'Challa's initial challenge as a leader to his ultimate realization and transformation. For the opening image, the film opens with a beautiful and mystical view of Wakanda, coupled with a story that explains the origins of the country and the Black Panther. It shows how, with the arrival of vibranium, that the Wakandans' roots of culture, tradition, and advanced technology began. For theme stated, the theme of responsibility to the wider world versus the duty to one's own people is on highlight during T'Chaka's conversation with his son T'Challa about the challenges of leadership. Though, honestly, I've always questioned if this was T'Chaka and T'Challa or Killmonger and his father having a conversation. I don't know that it was ever revealed. Anyway, the theme is even louder when we see brother versus brother, King T'Chaka and his brother back in the 1990s were African-Americans in the heart of the inner cities of the U.S. are in dire straits. Leaving this scene, the setup in present day, we're introduced to T'Challa, who is preparing to take over as the king of Wakanda after his father T'Chaka's death. 
The setup establishes Wakanda's even more advanced technology, its isolationist policies, and T'Challa's close relationships with his sister Shuri, his mother, Ramonda, and his ex-lover, Nakia. The catalyst of the film is the death of T'Chaka, T'Challa's father, which we saw in Captain America Civil War. This event propels T'Challa into the role of King and Black Panther. T'Challa has to defend his right to the crown and claws of the Black Panther in ritual combat, which he does, defeating his sole challenger, M'Baku. The debate happens after winning and taking the heart-shaped herb which restores his powers, T'Challa visits the afterworld where he sees his father. T'Challa is unsure if he is ready to be king. After a heartfelt talk with his dad, T'Challa emerges from sleep ready to take on the responsibility. We break into two when T'Challa's decision to capture Ulysses Claw, a longtime enemy of Wakanda. This marks the break into the second act, and this decision sets the course of the story moving T'Challa from the world he knows into a new world of challenges. The B story involves T'Challa's relationship with Nakia, who believes Wakanda should be helping the outside world, and his friend Wakabi, who has his own ideas about what Wakanda should be doing. These subplots explore the film's themes of leadership, responsibility, and tradition. I have to take a moment and point out that Nakia is the perfect heroine for T'Challa. She agrees with our antagonist, Killmonger, that the Wakandans have a responsibility to help others who look like them who are outside their boundaries. But unlike Killmonger, Nakia doesn't want the crown. She loves T'Challa, but her calling is to help others. Okay, back on script. For the fun and games, this beat includes T'Challa's mission to capture Claw, showcasing the technological prowess of Wakanda and T'Challa's skills as the Black Panther. We get more fight scenes with the Black Panther, Nakia, Okoye, and even Zuri, and get wrapped up in the relationships and their bonds. But the best thing that happens, in my opinion, is that we think we know the villain, Claw. But there's an even bigger bad right behind Claw, who can dismantle all that our hero holds dear. The midpoint occurs when Eric Killmonger, T'Challa's long-lost cousin, arrives in Wakanda to challenge T'Challa's rule. This is a false defeat for T'Challa, marking a significant shift in the story as Killmonger's true intentions and his true blood connections to Wakanda are revealed. Killmonger has a right to the throne, a legitimate right, as well as a moral right. Wakanda's isolationist policies have hurt him the worst with the murder of his father and his abandonment to the system. Do you guys hear how much I grapple with Killmonger's story? It has had me staying up at night sometimes, but I digress. This will be discussed in a villain episode coming soon. For bad guys close in, Killmonger defeats T'Challa in ritual combat and takes the throne. T'Challa's allies are scattered and Killmonger begins enacting his plan to distribute Wakandan weapons globally. All is lost when T'Challa is presumed dead and Killmonger is in control of Wakanda. The whiff of death is literal here as T'Challa's family and friends mourn him. Killmonger 
further divides the nation when he destroys the heart-shaped herb so there can never be another Black Panther. For the dark night of the soul, T'Challa's allies grapple with what to do next. This beat is about the emotional fallout and the regrouping after T'Challa's defeat. They decide to go to M'Baku and the Jabari tribe for help. Nakia has even taken one of the heart-shaped herbs and she offers it to M'Baku because he has an army and a claim to the throne as the leader of one of the five tribes. We break into three when it's revealed that T'Challa is alive. He's been rescued by M'Baku and his tribe. This is the turning point where T'Challa decides to challenge Killmonger and take back his throne. The finale is a battle for the soul of Wakanda. T'Challa confronts Killmonger and with the help of his allies, he fights to restore order and reclaim his place as a king. Let's break this finale down into its five parts starting with gathering the team. Remember, this is where the protagonist prepares for the final confrontation, often by assembling allies or resources. T'Challa, revived by the Jopari tribe, led by M'Baku, gathers his loyalists, including Nakia, Shuri, Okoye, and the Jabari warriors. This gathering represents T'Challa's internal preparation as well as he confronts his father yet again in the afterlife after taking the heart-shaped herb that Nakia stole before Killmonger destroyed them all. For executing the plan, this is where the protagonist puts their plan into action, leading to an initial success or significant step toward the final goal. The battle for Wakanda begins with T'Challa challenging Killmonger directly as Killmonger sends out to Wakanda's weapons. This includes the ground battle outside the palace and the duel between T'Challa and Killmonger, which is the heart of this phase. For that high tower surprise, that unexpected twist or obstacle that complicates the protagonist's plan, the surprise comes in the form of the intense battle's escalation with both sides suffering casualties. The Dora Milaje, led by Okoye, face a moral dilemma in fighting their own countrymen, and Wakabi's forces, including the armored rhinos, join the fray against T'Challa. It's not just brother versus brother, it's husband versus wife, which ends with Okoye facing her husband Wakabi, who asks if she would kill him. She answers for Wakanda without hesitation. Wakabi visibly shamed, drops his weapon, as do his soldiers. This battle is over, but the war isn't. Time to dig down deep. That's when the protagonist reaches deep within to find the extra strength or understanding necessary to overcome obstacles and achieve their goal. The two Black Panthers are equals in fighting. T'Challa's moment comes during his second duel with Killmonger, realizing the depth of Killmonger's pain and the truths that Killmonger speaks about Wakanda's role in the wider world. T'Challa understands that brute strength alone won't be enough to win back his home. So it's time to execute a new plan where he's armed with new strength or insight, the protagonist executes a revised strategy to overcome the obstacle. The revised plan involves T'Challa using the environment to his advantage, luring Killmonger into a position where the sonic stabilizers of the vibranium mine neutralize both of their suits. This allows T'Challa to deal a fatal blow. <sighs> Killmonger goes out, 
with his head high and words that still cut into my soul. Just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from the ships because they knew death was better than bondage. <sighs> this phase is not just about physical combat. It's about T'Challa realizing and accepting that some of Killmonger's ideologies are valid, leading to his decision to open Wakanda to the world. Each step of the finale contributes to the resolution of the film's central conflict, both on a personal level for T'Challa and a wider political level for Wakanda. Which brings us to the final image. The final image is T'Challa opening up Wakanda to the rest of the world and speaking at the United Nations, symbolizing a new era for Wakanda and a new understanding of his role as both king and hero. We've reached the midpoint of my study, guys, and I'm realizing something. The finale is the hero's journey rode back. It's the romancing the beats, all is lost. It's the thriller's speech and praise of the villain, but it's expanded almost as though it has its own three acts in just this one plot point. Things that make you go, hmm. There's two more Marvelous Breakdowns to go. Up next is Thor. So if you haven't watched it in a while, or if you have never seen Hemsworth's abs, really guys? Be sure and pop some popcorn and see it before the next episode. If you want a more in-depth exploration of pacing, try out my patient of pacing course, How to Write a Binge-Worthy Novel in 21 Days at answrites.com forward slash PTP for patient of pacing. You can also read more breakdowns and chat with others on my free Substack at answrites.substack.com. In the meantime, you guys, go get the words. I'll try to keep it together until the next time that we break it down. I'll see you then. Bye.